Hello and welcome to the live stream edition of the Cyclone Insider Podcast. I'm Travis Hines. He's Mr. Diet Coke himself, Randy Peterson, coming to you on this lovely Thursday afternoon ahead of Iowa State's weekend Big 12 debut against Oklahoma State, 3 p.m. FS1, Jack Trice Stadium. We'll be there. Randy, not entirely sure what we're going to see. I think the clamoring for changes offensively for Iowa State after a 10-7 defeat to Ohio last weekend in which Matt Campbell called his offensive line performance embarrassing. I think a lot of people were looking for, hoping for changes. And I don't know about you, but I left Tuesday's press conference, which again, take it for what it's worth. It's public posturing usually. But I did not get the impression that we are going to see much in the way of, in my opinion, any changes and certainly not fundamental changes to this Iowa State offense. Yeah, and it's 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 really bad right now. I mean, I, I, this is going to be a bad game. I mean, as far as both offenses are concerned, but the Iowa the Iowa State offense. I mean, it, it moved the ball. I don't understand all this stuff. It moved the ball well in the fourth quarter. Rocco was six for nine for one hundred and ten yards or whatever. He threw a couple. He threw a couple balls, including a what a forty yard completion um, um, to Jackson, but. Uh, um, and they did it with the up tempo, so I threw that I threw that out there during the, in print earlier in the week, and I think you were standing there. And Campbell said they're they're not going to pass on every play, which you know I didn't expect them to, but I certainly expected them to. I certainly expect them, and probably didn't expect to hear it on Tuesday, but I certainly expect them to come out throwing the ball more, depending on what the weather is going to be, because Iowa State's just got to change something. And I'm not certain this offensive line is going to be improved enough. It's We've not seen it improve yet. I don't know why we should think it's going to improve now. So I think they've got to shake it up and do something different. Um, it would not surprise me if we see more passes. would not surprise me if we see up-tempo, a full air raid. No, obviously not. I knew that, but I was just throwing that out there sometimes, what I do. But I, I do think we've got to see some some sort of some sort of change to to at least give the impression that you're trying something different because last year when they were going through this stuff it we didn't see any change and we didn't see we didn't see signs that they were trying to pull themselves up i want to see that this year i i I really do and i want to see that with nate shieldhouse running the show i want to see that with with essentially um a couple new offensive performers i i want to see that from matt campbell what do they have to lose? Uh, football games and a lot of football games. Oh, okay. Well, they're 2-10 and ten over the last two years, the last yeah. 12 games. I'm not disagreeing with you, but I think, again, in my impression from Tuesday and just having been around this program now for eight years, my guess, and I'm it is a guess, is that we're more likely to see personnel changes than we are to see schematic changes, I think, Obviously, the biggest opportunity there is for the offensive line. You know, we haven't really seen them mix it up there a lot. I mean, we've seen Grant Triber and Daryl Simmons take turns essentially at left guard. You know, that's really it. We've seen them, you know, switch a, a little bit with the center, but it's mostly been Boniface's job. I wonder if we see some of that change if they give opportunities to guys that haven't gotten opportunities because that line just has not lived up 
to any kind of standard and even pretty moderate, modest standard. I think that everybody was holding them to this year, given how little they've produced over the last seven seasons, given they have a new offensive line coach. Sometimes those things can take a while to, you know, come together, but you rush for two and a 2.8 yards per carry against Iowa. You rush for 1.7 against Ohio and the 1.7, like sometimes there's noise in statistics. Sometimes they tell a story different than what your eyes see. That is not the case against Ohio. That offensive line got absolutely blown back or blown by time and again in the rushing game on Saturday where the, the running backs really had no chance on plays. You know, I don't know, more often than not, but certainly way too much. And so I think that would be my guess because, I, you know, is, is the problem Cartavius Norton? Is the problem Abu Sama? I, I don't know. I mean, like they could be better, yes. Like a lot of times those big losses were them getting hit in the backfield and then trying to bounce it outside, and they just weren't able to do that. But again, like I don't know that you can really fault guys for when the offense is stuck in neutral to try to make something out of nothing time and again, even if it ultimately costs you an additional five or ten yards. I think it's that offensive line. I mean, that's just where it starts and ends, is that offensive line has to be better. And I don't know how you get better from week three to week four schematically there. I think, you know, personnel has got to be a big part of it, I think. And, you know, we'll see what they do. Obviously, we got uh, another couple weeks before Jake Remsburg is available to be back in the fold, which will help. But, you know, certainly, I mean, it's it's also got to be troubling for Iowa State and Ryan Clanton and Matt Campbell that, you know, the one position where they seem to be trying – to switch things up is left guard where Daryl Simmons is a four-year starter. Like that should be this position that you feel the best about. And it's one where they seem to just be trying things to one degree or another. Um, so it's just tough sledding there right now. I mean, that's the, the beginning and the end of it. And to give the offensive line a little bit of credit, what Rocco has been sacked once, maybe twice this year. Um, and that, okay, that that's, that's a plus. I bet that's about it, though, from the, from that from that line. So going back to Rocco being sacked not a whole, once, whatever it is, once or twice, that's more reason for me to think that that obviously the line blocks better for passing than it does for running, and therefore I keep I'm going to say it again: throw more passes. Whether it's whether it's to Ben Bramer, who's trending who's trending very, very much so right now to towards being one of the top players on the team when the two freshmen tied in, when he wasn't even, you know, he's still not starting. Or I guess he started last week, actually. But um, he's good to throw, th- throw it to the, the tight ends if, if, in fact, you have to, to open up some, some mid-range or, or, deeper, or deeper throws. Because um, I don't think, I don't think this, this, I don't think this offense is geared to a 99 yard a 99 yard possession like last year against Iowa. I I don't see that happening. I see them getting chunk plays fairly fairly often, but I don't see them moving the chains a ton. Therefore, I think you've got to take some shots. Um get Ben Bramer op- open in the open field like he was against somebody Northern Iowa maybe. Um, and and see and see what he can do. I want to see what he can do when he gets the ball in the open field and runs a little bit because he looks like he's he's got a lot of potential. I want to see that. 
I want to see, I want to see Sama. I want to see them do some things on the outside with Sama. And that may go back to the offensive line deficiencies, which makes that not possible or do some screen pass type stuff or, or, or something. Just try something different. Yeah, I think the reason you don't see them as likely to sustain drives is because they've been god-awful on third down. Yeah. They're ranked right. something yeah. like 120th or thereabouts in third down conversion on the season. We talked to Nate Shieldhouse on Tuesday, and that's one of the things that he kind of brought up as maybe you know problem B to the offensive line is that they haven't been able to sustain drives. And obviously the running game is a huge part of that, that they haven't been able to move the chains on the ground. But yeah, they're... I think averaging, yeah, the three for 11 last week. They're outside the top 100 and third down conversion rate. I mean, it's just, there's not a lot that they're doing right. Like the one thing that they've been good to okay at is offense or passing efficiency. They haven't racked up tons of yards, but Rocco's been pretty efficient, even with the three interceptions um, on the season, including the pick six against Iowa. So again, I could see, I think it's natural to look at this and say the passing game has got to be the fix. But, man, I, I just don't know that I can see Campbell going in that direction, even if it's something of a hybrid yeah. running game where you get Sama, you get Hanson out on the outside and uh, you know have essentially long handoffs with you know throws to the flat and try to get them in space. I think that's like the most obvious fix, which I don't know that they view that as a fix. I, I think – Campbell said repeatedly on Tuesday, and we've heard him say it repeatedly over the course of eight seasons, is that they've got to run the football. And I don't think he views throwing it out to the flats as running the football. Like even if it's essentially an extension of the running game, I think he looks at handling the handing the ball off, mauling the defensive line, and trying to get your running backs, your talented running backs, into the second level where they can make plays. And we just have rarely seen that this season so far. I agree with you hundred percent on the, on the question stuff. I asked for questions on the, on the, on the X Twitter, whatever you want to call it a few minutes ago. Um, Luke wants to know, it'd be nice. It'd be nice to see um, them throw it on first down. Yeah. It'd be nice to see him throw it on first down just to loosen things up a little bit. Plus it'd be nice to see third down completions pass on third down completions, go past the stakes. How many times has that been, has that been short of the stakes? That's just a, a, a the first down marker. That is so annoying. I mean, it, it, it's 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 just absolutely crazy. Um, then somebody else says here, "What I wouldn't give for a bubble screen at this point." I kind of like that play sometimes. Um, I don't like constantly, but w- what's what's wrong with trying things? I mean, I, I I I I would throw caution to the wind, or I would throw go just go for it in the in these games coming up because like I said this team's one and two without an offense with an offense that who's per rush is three point whatever it is 3.2 yards per rush something like that for the season that's horrible and if it's if you're going to do it I certainly would do it on Saturday because Oklahoma State's not great either I mean this is going to be this is going to be um a battle uh, where in which Tyler Perkins may be the best player on the team. I mean, it's on, on, in the game, the punter. Um, look at you, Hines. You're laughing at me. <laughs> but well, but I it's, mean, like TJ Tampa is probably going to be a 
first or second day NFL draft pick. So I, I said the best there. player in the game. I meant on the game in the game Saturday. Is TJ not playing? I, TJ's playing. Yes, exactly. But I okay. Okay, you wanted. I, I was going to take make you a bet, but I won't do that. That probably wouldn't be wise. Right? I, I think that'd be frowned upon. <laughs> it'd be, yeah. it'd be frowned. I was going to bet you a diet coke, but um, just watch. Punt down to the punt down to the down one at the get down at the one yard line. The defense defense forces a you know gets a gets a safety and boom, we got two to nothing Iowa State, and it darn sure could end like that. Um, which would. Not exactly a thrilling game, but what do you what do you expect? You've got two teams with the offenses are are, are way down in the bottom and the national standings, not just the Big Twelve standings, but the national. So um, I, I'm I'm going to stick with my theory. Throw the heck and, out and do something. Piggyback on your Ben Bramer. Is it Bramer yeah. or Bramer? Have we nailed that one down yet? We know it's Ben. We don't. We I don't. I would. Yeah. Ju- I think we've got the Ben down. Yeah. I think we're just going to be calling him Ben and not Benjamin. I do think he has shown a ton of potential. I mean, I think Campbell, you know, called him a stud. And I think, you know, he's not always the uh, the loosest with praise for young guys, at least to right. that degree. Um, but it, maybe I'm misremembering, but I feel like I remember a lot of those tight end middle screens to Charlie Kohler over the years. Could that be part of something to just get a talented, sure. athletic young guy the ball? I think that that could make some sense. But I think – to look forward a little more to Saturday and the matchup with Oklahoma State, you know, we talked about this in the radio show Tuesday, that it's kind of a double-edged sword here where you have opportunity, but with opportunity becomes risk because if you're not able to, to make the most of Saturday against a wounded and vulnerable Oklahoma State team, all your deficiencies are going to feel worse. But with that said, this is a pretty middling Oklahoma State defense. You know, They rank – you know, anywhere between 45 to 100 in most nationally and most defensive categories. They got beat up pretty good by South Alabama, who was the more physical team in that matchup on Saturday. There's opportunities here for Iowa State to shift, like to find the success that they haven't had. And with that, shift the narrative, which, you know, you can say, well, who gives a damn about the narrative in that locker room? We heard Campbell say it on Tuesday that he felt like there's guys in the locker room who have not earned confidence going forward because they haven't played well in real football games yet. They may have played well in practice, going back to spring, into fall camp, and then on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, but you get into the game on Saturday, and they haven't had the success that breeds confidence in further Saturdays. And that's why I think, you know, beyond just you and me yapping and you know asking question after question about why the offense is so ineffective – that to have a little success can plant at least the seed of confidence in a lot of young guys on that offense that then can grow throughout the season and then you know into the future. Whereas you go out there and you stink it up against a okay to bad maybe defense, whew, the, op- the opposite of confidence is doubt. And I, I would think doubt starts to creep in at that point. If you can't score against really Northern Iowa, you know, you, they kind of – put the brakes on things in the second half, but you can't score against Ohio. You can't score at home against Oklahoma state. Not good. Not good at all. Yeah. And it's, that's really putting a lot of pressure on that defense. And we've seen over the years that the defense plays well in those, you know, in those situations that the defense is unflappable and going back to your TJ Tampa thing. Yeah. Okay. He may have to, 
return an interception for a touchdown or at least return one a ways because the Lord knows he's going to have the chances because they've got three quarterbacks and they will use three quarterbacks, meaning Oklahoma State. Or we heard um, Will McLaughlin say on Tuesday that they're expecting those quarterbacks to whip it around, throw yeah. throw the ball and put it up for grabs. I heard, yeah, I heard that too, and and it, and they'll do that. The defensive backs are going to have to be busy. Jeremiah Cooper tied for the nation's lead with, with in interceptions. He's going to have to be on his toes. Um, this offense isn't great, but it's it's. It's they are, the defense cannot fall asleep because of that. The defense has to respect the hell out of the heck out of them, and they and I assume they will because we've seen that we've seen them in the past play well. And and once again, this defense has to make up for for um, for a lack of for a lack of offense for no offense. Um, special teams have to do their parts, make a field goal, <clears throat> um, put it leave no leave no doubt. As far as the field goes concerned, and did you notice one thing? Did you notice Saturday or Tuesday? Campbell said he, t- he was talking about two field goals, and he said whether we made them or not, or, or something. That was he insinuating that the first one was close, was was somewhat questionable. I, 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 I didn't, I, I, I didn't quite get that. But uh, leave no doubt. I mean, I'm, I'm serious. Leave no doubt on the on those field goals. I don't know why that's that's been su- such a tough position. Um, over the last couple of years, I guess we we appreciated Andrew Mebus so much. We you know we just took that for granted, like we do the Iowa State defense sometime. But if for Iowa State to win, there's going to have to be other factors besides the offense that are going to have to come through and play well. And yes, you're right. TJ Tampa is going to have to be one of those players. Yeah, I mean, I, I think without a doubt, I'm not expecting the Iowa State offense to come out and put a ton of points on the board. Maybe they look improved against a weak defense, but I'm not expecting 35, 42, 49 points on Saturday. I mean, they get to 21. They're probably going to win a couple games, a few games, a handful of games going forward, because I do think that defense is going to be really good. What you don't want to see, I don't think is the defense trying to compensate for the offense and take more risk to try to turn, turn teams over to try to maybe score on their own. Maybe ultimately they have to do that. But man, you're uh, you're opening yourself up, obviously, with those kind of with that aggressiveness when that's really not part of their DNA that we've seen over seven plus years with John Haycock. Like they can turn teams over, but it kind of comes within the flow of things rather than we're going to be an aggressive ball hawking, high pressure defense. So if they try to change that, not organically but artificially, to try to help out that offense, I think that's where you can get into trouble. But if you want to say, Travis, who the hell cares? This offense can't score. The defense has got to try. I don't really have a great argument against that either. What? Okay, let me ask you this. I won't ask you that question, but I'm going to ask you this one. If the weather's as if it rains, okay. If it gets, if it's sloppy, I know the field. The field with like 40 mile an hour wind. Well, yes, the field most likely will hold up. We've seen that field, the the turf, the grass at least hold up. But right, if it's the elements, the other elements, does that favor anybody in such a bad offense, offensive game that this likely will be? Does that favor anybody, do you think? Maybe Oklahoma State, only because I think their defense is significantly worse than Iowa State's, and I think the offenses are probably comparable. Uh, so you're, you're taking 
a bad Iowa State offense and making life worse for them against a mediocre Oklahoma State defense, maybe that helps them. But again, ultimately, you know, sometimes it rains in football. Sometimes the weather sucks. And especially the name's just windy. Sometimes there is a virus that runs through your team 24 hours before a game. You know, sometimes, sometimes, sometimes. Like eventually, sometimes you're young. Like eventually you got to go out and play football and the results are going to speak for themselves. And I think there are reasons why Iowa State has entered this year-plus malaise. But ultimately, the wins and losses are what matter. And Iowa State's got to do more to get more. Which gets goes makes me go back to, to Tyler Perkins and the field position. Iowa State's got good defense. Tyler Perkins. Dude, whenever you're talking about the punter, you're like the – what train has come off the tracks when you're talking about the punter, dude? I mean, with the offenses as bad as they are, put Oklahoma State in bad field position, force your free and out, let them punt, take get the ball back at the 40 or whatever 45 50. That's good field position. Any you ought to be able to take advantage of that, I would think. As bad as you're, even with a bad offense, I would think in this game, you ought to be able to take advantage of that. That's why I say. That's why I say keep an eye on the punter, and I know you're laughing at me, but, but, uh, um, and so is probably everybody else watching this. But no, uh, I think you're right. I'm just saying that is a feature of a team that is in big trouble when the punter. Well, is I'll, I'll, but it's also, but it's also a credit to Iowa State that Iowa State has that in its hip pocket, also that they can do that. Um, so, and this is one of those instances where. It could play a, a factor, and I if it does, I guarantee you, you will be you will be telling me in the press box, Randy, you were right. Uh, yeah, maybe. I mean, more often than not, that's how our conversations in the press box go. Is Randy, you were right, especially if it's if it's um, lightning. We'll know how that goes too. The conversations. That's that's yeah, out there too, possibly. Jeez. Yeah. I mean, bottom line, there is a significant amount of frustration, well-earned frustration with this Iowa State offense. Last weekend was as bad as I've seen it get, and we've seen it get bad. We saw it get pretty bad last year, and the improvement has just got to come, and it's got to come quick. I don't know how far you can expect it to come because Campbell's right. It's a young team. Like Whatever the reasons it got young, it is young, and that's going to bring its own – issues with it but the the issue at stake here maybe to me is at the center is that the offense was bad enough last year that you fired over half the staff you hired a new coordinator new offensive line coach new wide receiver coach new running backs coach like you made your move and if things don't get better offensively like what's next what's plan c i guess at this point like campbell had his opportunity to really evaluate this offense and how it works in 2023 and beyond. And when he looked at it, he apparently decided we're going to stick with what we're doing. We just need maybe new voices to communicate that. If what they're doing now and we're doing before continues not to work, you know, it's hard to take a second bite of that apple and get results. And I think that's the issue here is they had a chance over the offseason to overhaul things and decided not to, is that ultimately going to pay dividends with patience or is it going to look more like stubbornness? And we're not going to know that for months, maybe even a year or two, 
but I do think that's the situation that this offense is in from a big picture perspective. And I don't know what else you do if, if the plan C that maybe just ripping up your whole playbook. And that's tough for a guy that's been at, at a place for at one place for eight years. And what he's been a head coach now for 13 years, something along those lines. Um, that's tough. That That's to go and, and rip everything up to, to essentially start over. Sure. I would say did that on defense, but you're dealing with a mastermind with John Haycock. Um, and it worked on the defense. Will it work on the offense? I don't know. And if it comes to that, I We'll see how that goes, but but it, that'd be awful tough for a coach who's got his hand in the offense when and most coaches do to rip up everything that they've that they've started that they've been using and just start over. That's really tough. We're still in September, but Iowa State finds itself in a crucial position in the 2023 season. One and two, coming off back-to-back losses, including the 10-7 loss to Ohio last weekend. A winnable, but certainly not gimme game for them on Saturday, 3 o'clock at home against Oklahoma State on FS1. Randy will be there. I will be there. We will have all the coverage you could possibly want at DesMoinsRegister.com. If you missed our radio show Tuesday or missed any of today's show, be sure to check us out wherever it is. You listen to your podcast. That's all we've got today. He's Randy Peterson. I'm Travis Hines. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching, and we'll catch you next time.